The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Charlie. And this is Nathan, and we'll be your host for today. And once again, we have Ford speaker Paul Epperson joining the podcast today. Paul, thank you so much for being here. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Man, thanks for letting me hang out with y'all. It's a joy. It is oh, such a joy cool. to have you, man. We're, we're excited to continue this conversation on what is deconstruction, what's the, the cause, the result. And I think today we're going to get into some potential causes. Isn't that right, Nate? Yes, indeed. So today's trigger or cause, if you will, is hypocrisy. Uh, we, I actually put out a poll on a Facebook group to ask, why are people deconstructing? And the number one answer that came back is, hypocrisy, hypocrisy in the church, and uh, basically a difference between what Jesus says and what Christians actually do. Uh, so hey, and that's, that's just to throw this quote out there. Gandhi himself said, I myself would follow your Christ if it wasn't for your Christians. Yes, actually, I was going to bring up the same story. Uh, oh, for those of you who are go. interested, um, that quote comes from an article in the Harvard Crimson dated to January 11th, 1927. So that's Googleable if you would like. And uh, basically it follows the globetrotting trip of Dr. J.H. Holmes. And uh, presumably at some point, him and Gandhi are in the middle of a conversation and Holmes accuses Gandhi of saying, hey, why do you not like Jesus? Why do you not like Christ? And Gandhi famously responds, it's not that I don't like Christ. It's that you Christians look nothing like him, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it is Googleable. That's a real thing that actually happened. And uh, you, can, you can look Google. at it. And, and I'll reemphasize a point on the last episode. This goes back to these topics are nothing new. They may be very emphasized in our day and age but they go back in all different times of history and all different sorts of places as well. Absolutely. So hypocrisy, let's define it really quick. Let's throw out some examples. Paul, you got any examples off the top of your head? Uh, Yeah. And I, I'll tell you this in my own life, man, like growing up, <clears throat> I think that I, I, I modeled hypocrisy very well. <laughs> Sadly to say that was a lot of what my life was like. Is that I? Thanks for your honesty, Paul, because I thought you were looking at us when you started talking. No, I was looking on the side of it. There's a mirror over here just looking at me. So that's <laughs> Yeah, I, I like to say that the furthest any Christian really needs to go to find a Christian guilty of hypocrisy is probably to the nearest mirror. Oh, that's good. I like that. Hey, Siri, remember that. Thanks. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, I think, oh, she actually came on. Hold on. Um, but uh, I think for me, like, you know, the idea what I see in the Bible, hypocrisy is, is that you act, you say one thing, but you live another. That's the simplest form. And uh, that's that's what the unbelieving world, as Brendan Manning would say, simply finds unbelievable um, as the Christians that do that. But um, so I think that for me, it was I, I wanted to look a certain way to a certain group of people, but then live a certain way that I wanted to. And I didn't want anybody to know about it. So it's that it's that uh, play actor, that mask that I that I lived under for so long. So, absolutely. 
And I think that there's a lot of different examples. I know you br brought up one where, so I think the one that our minds automatically go to is we're teaching one thing and then doing another, but you had another nuance to that where people are teaching one thing or hearing one thing and then go ahead. What was that? Uh, where people are, where people are hearing one thing and then not doing anything about it. Not so that's, that's right. like another form of hypocrisy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. sorry about that. I misunderstood. You were, you were clear about fault. I misunderstood that. But yes, absolutely. I think there's there's uh, lots of forms of it. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. I think that what some of the things that, that kind of turns people off today in that in their kind of deconstruction mentality, certain groups is that like when a church says, hey, we're a loving church, we, we, we want to welcome you in. And I don't mean like, uh, welcoming a certain group of people, just anybody that walks into church, right? Uh, and they say, man, there, there's a, we love Jesus. We love people here. And then they walk in and out of church and no one ever says a word to them. In some ways that kind of has a hypocritical undertone to it, right? Hey, I love you and I see you. So does Jesus, but you never recognize anybody. Now I know the size of the church might make that different and those kind of things, but there's a lot of, there's a stat out there today that uh, a high percentage of people that will come to church one time and no one ever acknowledges them and sees them. And then the, the the high percentage is they'll never step foot in church again. Now, right or wrong, that's what we're here to talk about. But um, but I think that can be a form of hypocrisy too. So, Ooh, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I I agree, and uh, I got some scriptures I want to share as well um, on the topic. So I think that can help inform us what is biblically the definition of hypocrisy. Hmm. Uh, what do we see in the Old Testament, and what do we see in the words of Jesus Himself? So. Isaiah condemns hypocrisy in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. He says this, he quote, quote, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up of only rules taught by men. Mm -hmm. And we see Jesus like intensely rebuking hypocrisy in his day as well. Uh, Matthew chapter 23, talking about the Pharisees, he says, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. Uh, they do all their deeds to be seen by others. And then a few verses later, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Mm -hmm. um, one, so of my there you one of my favorite parts of that passage, just to add on to what you're saying, Charlie, is where he says, you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, which are like tiny little yeah. spices, yeah. but then you ignore the greater, like the finer points of the law, like loving your neighbor and so on and so forth. I, I, it, that's such a perfect <laughs> And then here's another scripture. So that's, I would say, biblically the definition, which is, hey, you honor me with your mouth, but your heart's far from me. That's one example. And then the other, which brings definition is, hey, you tell what to do. You won't even help them. You won't even do anything about it. You're a total hypocrite. And uh, uh, then we've got Romans brings this up. It's a command to us as believers. Uh, the ESV says in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, let love be genuine. Other translations say, let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be genuine that another translation just to bring full definition is don't just pretend to love others, really love them. And so that is like the Greek is trying to say, hey, don't let your love be hypocritical. Don't just say it, but like actually, truly in action, love people. And uh, so that actually makes me even question 
Like on one hand, yes, we should look at ourselves for hypocrisy, but at the same time, like I don't see Jesus always rebuking everybody for being a hypocrite, mostly just the religious leaders who won't help people. And then if if we're commanded to not be hypocrites, if we're commanded to love genuinely, is it really possible to overcome hypocrisy? I think the absolute answer to that is yes. When I said the nearest that any Christian has to go, I meant in their whole life. Uh, I didn't mean like this last week. Hopefully not this last week. It's not to say that it won't ever happen in the right. in, in week, but it's to say I I my theology is increasingly growing towards you can overcome particular sins in your life, uh, like blatant hypocrisy against what God says. I think you can overcome that through the power. Yeah, I, think, of the I think the scripture is clear. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's through surrender, the power of the spirit, walking in the spirit, according to Galatians five. Right. Yeah. And um, I think, hey, it's that truth. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So it's mm -hmm. his power, his strength that's going to carry me forward it. What is that? How do we get that? A crisis of surrender, I think. Um, and so all that to say, um, yeah, I think we, I agree with the thought, Nathan, we should look to ourselves first. <laughs> Let's make sure we're not being hypocritical, which is also why Jesus approaching hypocrisy says, take the plank out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your brother's eye. Yeah. So he's saying, yes, help your brother. Yes, help him grow. Yes, pull the sin and the, the dirt and the, the darkness out of his life. Come alongside him. But let's make sure that you're doing that in your own life first. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't Otherwise, you're like, well, the Pharisees and Jesus says, woe to you, you hypocrite. And so I think there is a both and. Yes, we should evaluate our own heart first and then look to others. But I think this is uh, this is getting to the individual level. If we look at the bigger scale in the, in the case of deconstructionism, um, typically, I would say, Deconstruction happens, questioning, wrestling, dissecting belief happens because of a spiritual leader who is living that way, which is why I think Jesus so strongly rebuked those who were spiritual leaders. Good. So what does that mean? You have a leader. I think a lot of people leave the faith, abandon their beliefs, whatever that looks like in their wrestling, because they were hurt by the church or because they had bad teaching from a, a church. Both of those can be really hurtful, whether emotionally, mentally, whatever else, like that's tough stuff sometimes to sift through. And mm -hmm. all of that comes from a spiritual leader. They may have been abusive. They may have been manipulative. They may have said, well, God's put this on my heart for you. And then behind your back said something different. They may have said, hey, this is the truth for your life. You need to follow it. And then you come to find out like that was their opinion. That's not really the truth. And they spoke about it as if it was the end all be all. And so you've got this mix of bad teaching. You've got this mix of of the potential of being manipulative or of proclaiming one thing. And then they don't even care about it in their own life. And it's almost like it was only pointed at you. And that's hurtful. And as a result, we could call all of this in the category of hypocrisy you say, I'm done with it, man, or I'm going to question it. I'm going to say, well, how dare you and start to dissect and everything. And uh, I think, again, in this topic, maybe we can speak to this. There's a positive and a negative side of how to go about that. Yep. Yeah. I think so much of hypocrisy is self-preservation. I mean, it's the love and the praise of people more than the praise of God. And it's really, in the end, it's not wanting to choose a side because of what it might do to you, right? And so, like, it, but in the end, that side's going to come out eventually. I mean, Jesus would technically was 
was crucified by hypocrites, right? In the sense of like, but they came out and, and ended up coming, choosing the side. I think that's that's so much. You're talking about is there hope for that? I think that's why so much the 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 Bible speaks so many places of lift up your eyes, like lift up your eyes to the hills, lift, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus, all those things. So because it really is if I really is self-preservation, self-focus, self-absorption is really what it is. So that's a good yeah. point, because I, I, even jumping on that, Paul, what comes to mind is I think we have to separate hypocrisy from lack of perfection. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we look to a spiritual leader, at some point they will fail and disappoint us. Not because they're a hypocrite, but because they're a human and they're not perfect. Now, I think there's a difference in them disappointing you and them being a hypocrite toward you as a spiritual leader. Key difference there. Either way, our eyes ultimately. And I wouldn't say that a spiritual leader, when they disappoint us, it doesn't mean we should remove our trust from them as a spiritual leader. Now, I will say if they're proven to be a hypocrite, we might remove our spiritual trust from them. Um, and so there may be a line of of discernment there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Charlie, I want to go back to your question that you had said before, which is, is there a a, a healthy and an unhealthy side of, of yeah. deconstructing based on hypocrisy? And I would say absolutely there is. The healthy side is to say, hey, there is hypocrisy in the body of Christ and we need it like get the get it out. Um you can you can see God's rage towards hypocrisy. You brought up Isaiah, it's all over the minor prophets. Amos, I just read Amos last night. It's only like nine chapters, so we got through it a one 30-minute session. Anyway, uh, it's all throughout there. It's in Micah, it's in like all of these other places. You'll see God's intense hatred of hypocrisy. So is there a healthy way to deal with deconstructing hypocrisy? A hundred percent. Because God's word is against it. And if you're against it and God's word's against it, it means you're on the same team. And uh, so, yes, let's get it out of the church. Where where I think it can get unhealthy is where we start looking at spiritual leaders as if they are Jesus and saying, because my spiritual leader failed, then Christianity must also fail. And that's that's an inappropriate equation. And I would say... You're saying that's an inappropriate equation, whether they're a hypocrite or whether they made a mistake, either one. Exactly. So just because some human misrepresents God does not mean that God himself is not trustworthy. What it means is that humans are very bad at being followers of Jesus. Like, that's what it means. Um, And not all. We actually need him. We actually need the spirit of God in our lives. We cannot. And hey, that even brings us back. Uh, if you haven't listened yet, I recommend you go listen to a couple weeks ago um, the, the the podcast titled Angry at God, um, because we talk about, hey, you're angry at God for something a human did to you. M- maybe you should look at that human and not blame God for it. Uh, and again, same circumstance. Somebody wrongs us, manipulates us, is a hypocrite. And all of a sudden we say, how dare God? I don't even know if he's really faithful. I don't even know if he's that loving. Why? Because we had a figure in our life that we looked up to hypocritically wronged us. And all of a sudden that's God. I think our eyes were too low. Now, could that be Paul back to your statements in an earlier conversation? You can't deconstruct what was never constructed in the beginning, man. If my eyes were never on Jesus in the beginning, then boy, 
construct, deconstruct, whatever it might be, it's going to fall to shambles. That's right. That's a great word, man. Great word. And uh, I, I agree. It's funny, like, you know, when, when Jesus talks about the Pharisees' hypocrisy, they're still teaching the law. So he's like, don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, he says, listen to what they're telling you. Just don't do what they're doing, <laughs> you know? So when somebody's teaching you the word of God correctly and they choose not to live that way, that doesn't change the word of God. Listen to what the word of God says, but just don't follow that mess, <laughs> you know? So I, I agree with that 100%. Matthew, uh, it's in that same chapter that Charlie was mm -hmm. quoting earlier, Matthew 23. And I think that NLT actually literally says, you don't practice what you preach, which is, I imagine, where that where that common statement comes from. Yeah, that's right. And you think about, I mean, you could put this any this example in anything that you that somebody enjoys that's wrestling with it, because we've all wrestled with these things, right? But let's say I'm a big sports guy. So you had somebody that, that played, I played baseball a lot. So you had somebody that said, I love baseball and I love the game and I respect the game. And, you know, and um, and then all of a sudden they trash talk the game behind closed doors and say it's the worst game in the whole world and, and don't give their all. I would look at that and go, um, oh, man, I don't I don't I'm maybe mad at that person. Like, I can't stand that person doing that. I could let it affect me, but I might become the very thing that I call him a hypocrite. I'm letting what he does or she does and that kind of affect me and playing the game that I love yeah. with all my heart, yeah. mind, soul and strength. That's stupid. That's I'm so sorry. Like I, that, if that's I do stupid. that, that's stupid. And it's not logical. It's not even, it's not even, we wouldn't do that with anything else. But for some reason, we do that with Jesus and the word of God and Christianity. That, that is so true. I think uh, another example on that, because the scripture often relates our relationship with God to a marriage covenant relationship. Ephesians mm -hmm. 5 says that husbands lay down, give your lives for your wife as Christ does for the church. He laid his life down for us. And so this parallel of, of our relationship with Jesus is often parallel to a marriage relationship. And if I look at marriage, imagine I'm buying a coffee somewhere and there's a woman who serves me coffee and yells at me because she's stressed. I, what if all of a sudden I go forward in my life and say, I can't be with my wife anymore because she's going to yell at me. What? Like, that's the same parallel. Like, that has nothing to do with my wife. Just because another woman yelled at me doesn't mean my wife is going to. Uh, like that would be the most ridiculous parallel. Yet we do it when it comes to God. Oh, well, so-and-so, I can't trust them anymore. Uh, so because they said such and such. So it must be that God's that way. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even look at him anymore. I'm running. I'm I'm this isn't true. It can't be true. And uh it's like, whoa, 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 slow down. We have to, I think, in these conversations continue to keep humility, honesty, and logic at the forefront um, and faith and merge these together and not let uh, the emotion that comes when something is difficult, stressful, or wronged us or hurt us, we can't let that run us to extreme conclusions that may be jumping beyond what actually the place they should jump to. Yes. That's right. Yeah, that's great. If you're, so if you're deconstructing right now or... Uh, and hypocrisy is the reason hear us clearly when we say we also have a huge issue with hypocrisy and so does god and so does all of scripture uh it is absolutely against god's heart um and so please don't don't put together the fact that a human being is really bad at following god's commands and god himself because god is not bad at following his own commands he's mm -hmm. very good at it uh, you can see it all throughout scripture. He is faithful to do what he has promised. 
over and yeah. over. Even, even when we utterly don't deserve him to be faithful to us. I mean, like to the nth degree, the, 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 the worst thing that you could possibly imagine yourself doing. And he is still faithful to forgive you if you confess your sins. It, I mean, it, it is astounding. If you look at the people of God in the Old Testament, like it, the Israelite nation, all the times that they trespass against God and they start worshiping other false gods instead of worshiping God himself. And all the times that he rebukes them and then all the times that he allows punishment to come to them. But then he remains faithful to his promise that he made all the way back to Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, where he says, listen, I'm still going to preserve a remnant of you. I'm not going to, even though I, I, I am completely justified in utterly wiping you off the face of the planet, I won't because I've made a promise. All that to say, he is totally faithful. He is faithful across thousands of years of human history. So you can trust that he'll be faithful in your life as well. Don't equate God's faithfulness with human unfaithfulness. Um, also, I feel like a, a common response to this among Christians is, well, yeah, uh, if you have it, it, it of course the, the church is full of hypocrites. I also want it to be really clear so basically someone says, well, all you Christians are hypocrites. And someone responds by saying, yeah, the church is, of course, the church is full of hypocrites because we're human. Please hear us clearly. Yes, we understand that humans make mistakes and sometimes are hypocritical. But we do not believe that the Bible just allows you to be flippantly hypocritical. We do not affirm that kind of completely inappropriate behavior of Christians to just be like to say one thing and do another just because they want to or just because God's grace abounds all the more. Absolutely not. We will take a page out of, of Paul's book when he says absolutely not by no means. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's that crucial. Absolutely crucial. Uh man, yeah. so George, as we walk the journey. Oh, go bro. ahead, Paul. I'm sorry, bro. No, go for it. Um, the uh, you know, I, I, man, that's that's a great word, bro. And I think that you know when we, um, we uh, you guys have highlighted so well how much God hates hypocrisy. And I just want to remind us, like anybody that's listening or going to listen, is that we're built originally to be like almost like reflectors, like a billboard showing how great God is, right? To point up, say, look at Him, look at Him, look at God. And hypocrisy, God hates it so much. One reason is because He's not hypocritical. Right. God means what he says and does what he, he says. He, he he is true all the way through. So if he says something, he does it. Nathan, you mentioned that earlier. Just to remember that is going is that when 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 I'm a hypocrite, I don't reflect him well. I don't reflect him at all what his character is like. And um, and so just remember, he he God is not a hypocrite. He is truth. He always says what he means and does what he says. And that's what we bank on. Amen. Hallelujah. It's true. Well, guys, uh, any final thoughts or encouragements for those for for this conversation? I think um, what to do if you've encountered a hypocrite that's bothered you, burdened you, or hurt you deeply. What do you do? Um, don't run from God. Don't run from His Word. Don't blame Him for that. Uh, blame those people who did it. And then forgive them for it. <laughs> uh, say, Lord, because to forgive is to say it was their fault. That's why I'm saying blame them. But then say, God, it's your judgment, not mine. I forgive them as you've commanded me to do. And then 
if it has been hypocrisy, manipulation, bad teaching, distance yourself. Find a different spiritual leader. Now, you're going to have a hard time probably. Like, I don't even know that we should waste our time saying, I'm going to try and get this person removed and this, that, and the other. I mean, there are varying circumstances where that might be necessary. But in general, I would say distance yourself, remove yourself, find someone else who can be a spiritual leader that's trustworthy and ask God to give you wisdom and discernment in that. I would say generally, that's likely how we should approach these types of things. And I, I think if you look at back to the former conversation, Martin Luther, I would say that what led his journey is likely this very topic. Mm-hmm. Bad teaching, manipulation, hypocrisy in spiritual leaders. And he said, something needs to change. A reformation needs to happen, not a, a new movement, but a reforming of what God's truth, not, not changing it, but what the culture, what the spiritual leaders, what the hypocrisy has taught is not God's word. We need to get back to the truth. And they ultimately kicked him to the curb. And so what did he do? He distanced himself from it. He started a new thing to get going the direction God wanted him to go. Yeah, I love that, Charlie. Get back to the truth. What a great, great way to end that. And Jesus says, I am the truth. So that's great. Amen. Well, thank you guys for joining us once again for this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. Don't forget to unsubscribe and resubscribe and like and share if you felt like this was productive or useful. We really appreciate it. And uh, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless.